Welcome in, DFSers. It's May 2121, and I'm talking today with my boy, Matthew Betts. Betts, how you doing? Kyle, I'm good, man. I'm good, dude. I can't believe it's almost June. It's, it's crazy. Like the, the spring is flying. It's basically summer. And I feel like when you get to June 1st, we got some exciting news coming out about June 1st. But uh, when you get to June 1st, man, it is fantasy football time 100%. So I'm excited, man. We got a, a fun summer ahead of us. Yeah, we got a great show. This is DFS for the rest of us. You never listened to our podcast before. We're the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. We're trying to simplify a lot of things that maybe are a bit complicated about DFS, best ball, and specifically today, we're going to be talking about the futures market and what that looks like for awards. So that can be a bit complicated, but you and I, bets have been stirring up things for the Ultimate Draft Kit. Today was actually a pretty busy day for me, but for weird reasons. Today, I got called an encouraging rejector by a lot of people. I saw people. that. I saw that well, out there. I feel like that's a new persona. Like, I don't know how to take that. Like, I'm really good at telling people no. Yeah, in a nice way, in a friendly way. Like, hey, thank you, but no. <laughs> <laughs> it was, so we had a bunch of people apply, if you, if you didn't know, to face footballers, writing staff. Every year, we have hundreds and hundreds of applications and part of my job is to sift through all of those applications. Our team gets to look through those. And then afterwards, I get the uh, privilege of writing the rejection email. And a lot of times when people apply to a job, I know when I've done this in the past, like you usually don't get a rejection email. You just don't hear back from anyone. And so, you know, we've taken the time to do this in the past, but I got an overwhelming response of people on Twitter, emails, that just said, that was the nicest rejection I have ever received in my life. Could you break up with my girlfriend with me? Like, that's what people <laughs> are wanting. Dude, you got so many skills, man. DFS, you know, behind the scenes work, the show docs, and you just add that to the resume, man. You're just, you're killing it. That's what I, I need to add. That I need to write a book, a short story of just how to let people down softly. And then at the end of it, they feel like you actually did them a service. Like that, that's, that's the talent. That's the reason I got hired, honestly, is just that I know how to tell people, hey, you didn't make it, but I love you. So <laughs> yes, uh, we've had a lot of stuff going on with fantasy footballers, and you and I have some pretty exciting news. Let's just start off uh, by talking about this bets, and then we'll go into more detail of what this looks like. But you and I, for the Ultimate Draft Kit Plus, get to put together our own best ball rankings that will be live if you get the DFS pass on June 1st. So there's content that if you get the UDK Plus, you get that in June 1st, even though DFS doesn't start for another couple of months, we want to give you something. And I know for a lot of people, they paid for the UDK Plus at the stupid, stupid low price we have right now, which is only 50 bucks. If you get it before June 1st, you save uh, $40, which is insane. But bets, why are we doing this? <laughs> Dude, this is it's ridiculous. Like the, the the thing I love about our team is like, we're always like, what can we, what else can we do? Let's do more. And then instead of being like, well, we should charge more. We're just like, let's do more work, but not charge people more money. Um, it's a horrible business model, but it's awesome. Um, and I'm really excited about it, man. Yeah. Our, our best ball rankings will be in there. We're going to collaborate with the guys, Andy, Mike and Jason, make sure they're, they're top notch rankings. 
to put you, the listener, or the DFS Pass subscriber, UDK purchaser, in position to succeed with these best ball drafts. So I'm, I'm really excited about it, man. Yeah, so we're going to be working on that. And then you're going to get best ball content for June and July, which is really the best ball season. On this podcast, that's what we'll be doing for the next couple of months. Setting you up for best ball if you want to play on DraftKings, where we play, on Underdog, where we play as well. And Sleepers coming out with the best ball format as well. So there's just a lot of different platforms that are making best ball a little bit more mainstream. And we always tell people, and we'll go through those in some strategy episodes, but best ball is really the best way to understand ADP because people are putting their money in front of a draft as opposed to just a random Yahoo or ESPN mock draft. So our best ball rankings will be live June 1st if you get the ultimate draft kit plus. And I'll just say that one more time before we go into our first segment. Right now, it's the lowest possible price, $50 to get the ultimate draft kit plus. You know, you get the ultimate draft kit, the dynasty pass, you get the DFS pass, and that's it. You're not paying the subscription. So we think it's an awesome deal. It's what we get to give our time it's why we were hired is to give our time to the DFS pass. So we're super pumped about that. But June 1st, that'll be live and you can get access to that. But let's first talk about best ball. And a quick question I have for you, Bets is a team that you are reconsidering, a team that maybe you've gone to your projections, maybe right after the draft, and you're starting to kind of reconsider how you look at this team specifically for best ball. So what team are you thinking? All right, man. Well, you've said some negative things about the Las Vegas Raiders, about that team on this podcast. If you missed the win totals episode, I believe for the AFC, it was two shows ago. Kyle likes the under. I can't blame him, right? Like they're dismantling the offensive line. Things look bad. The defense looks bad. They took three safeties in the draft. Everything says, bets. this team is going to be bad, bad, bad. But last year, if you listen to the show, we talked about the Raiders a lot on this podcast. So when we talk about real-life NFL and for fantasy, it's a completely different scenario. This team was 10th in the league in scoring last year on a points-per-game basis um, in terms of how many points the offense scored. So you like that. And, you know, Derek Carr, say what you want about the guy, but he has produced for fantasy when he is needed to. So I'm not saying I think this team is going to be good. I just think at the value you're getting with Derek Carr stacks in best ball, it's actually pretty intriguing. Like, you're, you're talking about ADPs right now. Looking at Derek Carr, quarterback 28, Josh Jacobs, running back 21, Kenyon Drake, running back 41. No one wants Henry Ruggs. He's at 62 for the wide receivers. Brian Edwards, who was like the <laughs> dynasty darling last year at wide receiver 78. And oh, by the way, Hunter Renfro, probably still playing at Clemson at wide receiver 102, not to mention, of course, Dan, Darren Waller. So there's a lot of value there. And, and what we're talking about here is not necessarily that I love the Raiders and like I'm all in on this team, but we talk about getting different in these big tournaments, right? Like people don't want to stack the Raiders, but sneakily, they're going to be involved in a lot of high total games and the offense has produced when given the opportunity. So there's there's a lot to like about the value associated with this team, not necessarily how they're building the roster, but for, for best ball and for fantasy, I think there's some good value there. I like... Kenyon Drake, where you can get him. I think he's a great target for people that are going a little bit more zero RB. Uh, I will say if for the Raiders, their last three games for best ball tournaments, weeks 15, 16, and 17. Uh, let's see, they play at Cleveland, Denver, and at Indianapolis. So I think the best route to go here is through the pass. Like I think it's finding a way to get different. And I think Derek Carr at, like you said, quarterback 28 is just way too way too cheap to be able to, to have him. So if you do have a build in best ball where you don't get one of the elite quarterbacks and you end up with three quarterbacks, I don't mind him at uh, quarterback 28. And then we've talked a little bit on this show and I know the ballers have talked about him, but Henry Ruggs, 
Dude, he might be a my guy for me this year. Am I crazy? Ooh, that's a hot take. I don't think it's crazy. I mean, you just like Nelson Aguilar was good for fantasy last year. Like people forget, you know, Nelson Aguilar got laughed out of Philadelphia, mocked on news stations for that guy catching a baby out of a burning building, like literally made fun of this guy. He goes to Vegas, change of scenery, and he's actually a good wide receiver in this offense. He is now gone. It is Darren Waller and a bunch of dudes. So Henry Ruggs, we've seen flashes like, you know, clearly it's a thin play. Like we're not we're not banking on this. You're not, you know, putting like all your stock in this guy. But I am doing it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm investing my entire underdog account on Henry Ruggs. Um, you know, it's cheap. Wide receiver 62, like there's no risk. So I think it's a, it's a pretty sharp play, uh, to be honest with you. The main thing is he's going to outperform the ADP if he stays healthy, in my opinion. Uh, who's the wide receiver two? You know, is it Ooh. John Brown? Is it Willie Sneed? The ghost of Willie Sneed? It's just he's set up to have a couple of those long gains. And I posted on Twitter this year, you know, a couple of different film cutups of just showing rugs, getting open and car, not really, uh, they just didn't have a connection. So I like rugs at wide receiver 62. And I agree. We like to fade this team and I am fading this team. I have some money against them this year. So I'll be rooting <laughs> for them to lose, but put up points, put it, put it that way. Yeah. And that, I, I think that's what this, this team is built to do, man. That's going to be a weird thing this year when, you know, I have money against the team, but I'm playing them in DFS. That is that the best way just to tell the people bets? Like if you're conflicted, if you have a redraft team, then play somebody in DFS that you're playing against just so your heart's okay. Yeah. I mean, listen, you just, you want to get to a point where you just have so much involved that you don't even remember what you're rooting for. Then you can just <laughs> sit back, relax on Sunday and just enjoy your day without having to stress too much about it. You're just pumping fists every single play. You're just saying, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. I did explain to someone one time when I was watching a Browns-Jaguars game that I was just so invested in this game because I wanted Isaiah Crowell to do bad. And that was just <laughs> such a funny, funny thing to tell someone. Isaiah Crowell. What a name, man. I kind of forgot about him. Your boy, Matt Okada, was all about him that one year. and He I was. was and I and I faded Crowell, but uh, that was one of the sharper calls I've ever made in my life. But this one, guys, don't bank on this being a sharp call. But I, I do want, want to say this is the team I'm reconsidering, and it's the Giants. Because when you think about the Giants and elite talent for best ball, obviously it's Saquon at the top. And then the next option is Kenny G. But if you miss on those two guys, you know, usually in best ball, you're trying to stack. But if you miss those top options, you can easily forget about the Giants and say, I want nothing to do with them. But... The ADPs of some of these players is kind of silly. I finished up in a best ball tournament with a stack that had Daniel Jones as my third quarterback. And then I got Sterling Shepard and Kendarius Tony with like my last two picks. They're at basically 175, 179 on the ADP. So you're like getting them way back there, like 16th, maybe even like 17th round for Tony. They're just way out there. And at least there's an opportunity where those two I, I think Shepard can put in a season where he can end up as a top 24 wide receiver. Like that's his high end outcome. I'm not projecting that. And he's just buried right now. So one of those two receivers, I think it can be valuable. And Daniel Jones is a wild card. I, I throw that out there, but in best ball, you're just hoping for a couple of blow up games and he can help your roster. So any thoughts on the giants? Yeah, I think, I mean, you're looking for spike weeks in best ball, right? Like we're not trying to finish 
you know, third. We're trying to finish first and nothing else matters. So you're trying to get different. You're trying to see these spike weeks. We saw Daniel Jones's rookie season put up like four or five top two weeks in fantasy. Like it's hard to say and actually like say it with a straight face because last year was so bad, but he has rushing upside. I'm just picturing him tripping at the 10 yard line. He has rushing upside. He's got weapons, you know, so if if things actually go right for this team, you know, you're, you're going to get different in that way. So at the value that they're presenting, I think it's a good way to, you know, kind of build a portfolio, right? Like we're not saying go into these drafts and target these two teams every single time. But when you're doing these, you know, underdog tournaments or whatever, you want to try to build a portfolio of different players so that you kind of have more shots at getting a top prize or getting into that, you know, that pool. And I think this is a good way to get different. So I definitely don't hate that call at all. Betsy sounded like Dan Campbell on there. It's like, you're either first or or you're last. This is football. We're, we're going for first or we're, we're going for last. Works. That's how it works, man. We're not, the Ricky Bobby, we're not playing for second. The Ricky Bobby approach? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You ain't first, you're last. All right. So I want to real quickly give people kind of a preview of how our best ball rankings work and what you'll see live on the site. So Betsy and I have been working through our best ball rankings, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Uh, so here's a couple of our quarterback ones, and let's just pick out a few. I'm going to pick out one of yours that is, dude, is just insane. Um, you need a lot of help on this one. Uh, let's go with uh, Jalen Hurts. Right now you have Jalen Hurts at quarterback nine. And where you're having to get Jalen Hurts right now, do you feel like you're going to be able to f- confidently stack him with someone else? Or because he has the rushing upside, you're just like, okay, if I get Jalen Hurts, it's fine, but I'm not trying to go full stack with him. Yeah, I mean, he runs so much, or at least we've seen him run, that you don't necessarily need to stack him. You know, we talk about that all the time in best ball. Like, you got to stack, you got to stack. Well, reality, you don't have to stack unless your quarterback is not a mobile quarterback. So if you've got Tom Brady, who literally is going to run for like six yards all season, all of them quarterback sneaks then you should be stacking him because he gets his production through the air. So when he throws the ball, his receiver is going to catch it. For Jalen Hurts, he could rip off a 25-yard touchdown run. He's the only person scoring. So when you have these mobile quarterbacks, you know, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, etc., you don't actually have to stack them. And so if you are taking him, I think he's a, a obviously high upside, high variance type of player. Um, certainly you can stack him, but if, he, if you're going to stack him with someone, I think it's a, a one stack type of, of play here. Um, you know, he's just, he runs so much that he's not going to distribute the ball enough to, I think two or three pass catchers to make it worth it. So you can stack him. You don't have to, but yeah, at quarterback nine where I have him and he's going at quarterback eight, it's sort of tricky. Like I like Jalen hurts, but I think the hype is going to get out of control this summer. So if you want Jalen hurts on your team, my recommendation is start drafting now get a few shares and then kind of let the ADP rise and then hands off at that point. That's right. Like his ADP, and we'll have this in our best ball rankings, but on underdog right now, it's 79.9. So at pick 80, you are having to make a decision about Hertz. And I think it's going to get up, you know, maybe even the mid 60s, you know, early 70s. Like you're going to have to pick another round further. And I'm a little bit lower on Hertz. I have him at 11. So for me, when I look at my best ball rosters, Hertz is someone that I'm just not getting on my team because I have him ranked a little bit lower and uh, he's just not there. So that's what you'll get. You'll get to see where I have him ranked, where Betts has him ranked, our consensus, and then at ADP. And so what I'm basically saying with my rankings is you won't have Hertz on a lot of teams. But if you want to use maybe Betts' rankings or if you want to go by ADP, you might have a better shot. And I'm not saying Betts is wrong. It's just that's how I'm using my rankings. So 
Is there anybody on mine that stands out to you? Maybe, I don't know, I have a new quarterback three on those rankings that uh, is kind of hot. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. Dak Prescott, you've got him at three, I've got him at five. So you're obviously ahead of market here on Dak. Talk to me about it. Yeah, part of it is just liking the scenario and also baking a little bit of regression for Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is most people, he's your two, and I think he's most people's two or three, and I totally get that. Uh, But I think with Dak, there's room for him to move up, and there's just a lot more pieces that I like that I can use with stacking. Like with Dak, you can easily get a stack with Cooper or Lamb, who are going basically back-to-back, or you can wait a little bit longer and get Gallup and Tony Pollard and Blake Jarwin. Like There's just more pieces that I think are stackable, and so I would like people to be a little bit more aggressive uh, in terms of ADP. Right now, he's at 57.5, so he's actually going off the board as the quarterback you know, five or six, depending on uh, where you're at. So I just think that there's better value there with Dak to return, where with Josh Allen, you're just having to pick you know, right there at like the three, four turn. And I just, I can't do that right now. Yeah, for sure. And the, the tricky part with Josh Allen too, right, is like we talked about it. He's such a, a big runner of the football. A lot of his production comes with his legs. You know, it's like you want to stack him with Steph Diggs, and if you want to get different, you can stack him with, you know, Gabe Davis or Cole Beasley. But when you think about like how much he targeted Steph Diggs last year, if that trend continues, the other stacks are fine. Like it helps you get different, but you're not going to reach the true ceiling of Josh Allen unless you have Steph Diggs. And I feel like if you take Diggs early, you're like reaching for Josh Allen. So I, I totally get the argument against it. I want some exposure to both these guys for sure. So I, I like Dak a lot. And like you said, I think it's a great point with being able to stack him uh, later in the draft. And we're going to talk about Dak in just a second when we get to some of our futures. So I like this discussion, but if you're interested in our best ball content, like I said, that's part of the Ultimate Draft Kit Plus. Betts and I will be coming out with articles and strategies we're going to be talking about on the show June and July. So best ball season is here and I'm super excited about it. But let's get into this awards futures segment. Dig deeper, y'all. Let's go. <laughs> so Kyle, what's that from <laughs> you know that's from the famous show of i don't know listen <laughs> so just to let you guys know um the the drops that we have for the show that we get for you know footballers and then dfs have you noticed that some of the segments i get to pull from there and we talked about let's get divisional or do you want to play a game or whatnot and sometimes i just go back I go back in the vault and try to find a drop that we haven't used, I don't know, five years. And so this is a drop that I found from 2016. No idea what it's from. No, I, we haven't used it in a long time. I guess we were at the time learning how to dig deeper. So this is a digging deeper segment because this is something for fantasy we don't talk about a lot in terms of the futures market. I mean, you'll reference it, but it, we don't really go through the details of how awards are actually given out, how it's formed. And so I just want to say, this isn't just about us predicting from a betting market. This is about us projecting for teams and thinking about it that way. So if you're one of those people like, I don't really can't place a wager. This is awesome in terms of just thinking about how the league is set up and how teams and players can outperform their expectations. So bets, any initial thoughts about awards such as like MVP, rookie of the year, these kind of awards, like how do we think about them? Yeah, I think you want to look at trends, right? Like if you're it's two things, right? So if you're looking at like, I want to actually put money on this. I want to be able to try to predict what's going to happen and make money off of it. Trends are so important with these awards because 
you think have to think about who's voting, right? It's like these old football writers. They're they're hashtag football guys that yeah, yeah they, they love to establish the run, you know, punt on fourth down, like those kind of dudes. Punt um, on third down, do it. Just yeah, one down early after running it twice. Um, like the writers have been around for a while. These these guys that cover the game. So they're not going to get off the board and different like we are in fantasy. Like we like to be different and try to think about, okay, like outside the box, how can we get different this week? And, and with our, you know, um, forecasting skills, these guys look at the game the way they have for 10, 20 years. And so we'll talk about these trends in the market. So if you are betting these awards, you know, you might think, gosh, I think, you know, give me give me a, like a random wide receiver. That's that's good. Like Calvin Ridley. I think Calvin Ridley is going to have an awesome year. He might win the MVP. No. He's not going to win the MVP. Like it just doesn't happen, and we'll talk about that. But basically, follow the trends that we're going to talk about here on the show. If you're serious about putting some money on this, yeah, it comes down to projections for players, and then you have to think about team performance. So whether you know this or not, a lot of these awards are narrative driven. Like the MVP is a narrative award. It's stats based, of course, but when you really look at it each year, it's like you want a narrative that the league and the people that are voting. These, these old guys that Betts is talking about, like they, they have a narrative, they have a story that they want to share. And the same thing with Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year is is like 100% narrative driven. And Coach of the Years are the same way. Like Coach is basically, did you outperform where we all thought you were going to be? And that's how you kind of win that. So it, we're going to talk about that projections and team performance and and ask a question, a couple of questions for each award. But Real quick, before we get into it, Betts, my question is, is a 17-game season, I know it's just one more, is that going to skew voting even more in favor of quarterbacks? Because, like, their their statistics, like the big statistics, like, you know, 4,500 yards or 5,000 yards and, you know, 30 touch 30 touchdowns isn't going to mean as much anymore. Are, are these, is this going to skew voting even more? I mean, the, the honest answer is we don't know yet, but I guess the likely answer is probably right like you think about running backs like it's such a volatile position as is you throw in an extra week of injury risk and that sort of thing like yeah quarterbacks just play more games they put up more more numbers they're involved in more wins um so i definitely could see that being the case for sure i think it's a really good good point here to make that yeah i think that 18 week season or 17 game schedule really does favor the quarterback when talking about mvp that's the thing with these running backs is the shelf life short and we know that most of them don't play the full schedule. So I just think it's going to go in favor of the quarterbacks. And the first one we're going to talk about is the big mama. It's the MVP. And we could basically call this a quarterback award slash if you have a wild, insane outlier season as a running back. We did see this past year, you know, for the Heisman, we had Devonta Smith win and have an outlier season for wide receivers. So it's possible in the big awards for sports for non-traditional people to win. But let me just give you some statistics bets. Since 2010, 10 quarterbacks have won the award. Like the only one that's won it is Adrian Peterson. You have to go back even further. And there was a time Sean Alexander and LaDainian Tomlinson both won the MVP back-to-back. But this is basically for a while, it was either Brady or Manning or Rodgers. Like that was that was basically who was winning these awards. Uh, but the other thing we need to think about is not just quarterbacks, but all of these quarterbacks were on teams that had a first round buy. So how does that kind of narrow our field already in your mind? Yeah, I think the best way to do this is go back to the last two episodes, look at the win totals podcast or listen to those uh, or read the article on the website, fantasyfootballers.com um, and find the teams that have like 
10 and a half plus win totals and the teams that we like to hit the over the bottom line is like an MVP for fantasy is totally different than an NFL MVP. These guys have to win games. So you're looking at, you know, who's the favorite to win the division? Um, who are the teams that have the highest win totals off the top of my mind? You know, we're going with teams like the Bills, the Chiefs, you know, um, the Browns, like teams like that that have a chance to really make some noise in the playoffs. Otherwise, honestly, you're probably just burning your money on fire and it's not worth it. So you really have to use those win totals to your advantage here. Put this in perspective. Derrick Henry last year was the AP Offensive Player of the Year. Dude put up over 2,000 yards like he was a beast. He did not receive one single MVP vote. Like the year before, Michael Thomas set the receptions record. Unbelievable. Did not get an MVP vote. So yes, you basically need to be a quarterback on a team that can get a number one seed or you know, what they used to call a first round buy. So the two questions I have bets that we're going to kind of sort through the favorites and we'll just give a couple of takes here. But the two questions is for MVP, is this person capable of an outlier TD season? So for like running backs, are they going to get like 25 touchdowns? Uh, and can their team end up as the number one seed? Like those are the two things. They both don't have to happen every single time, but like 90% of the time, that's what you want. So let's talk about the favorites bets and uh, who you like. Yeah, I'm going to go back to Lamar Jackson here. He is plus 1600 on DraftKings to win the award. The easy argument here is like we've seen him win the award. Like he is clearly capable of filling the stat sheet quickly on a very good team. The Ravens are always projected to be in the top two of the division, projected to the favorites to win the division this year. Um, they've got 11 wins as their win total, so they're projected to come out with a really nice record here uh, in 2021. Um, it's an offense that you buy into because Lamar Jackson can fill it with his rushing ability, obviously. And then you look at the weapons that they're bringing in. Like, There's clearly signs that like they want to try to get the, the throwing game going in some capacity, right? They bring in Rashad Bateman in the first round. Uh, they take Tylen Wallace later in the fourth round. They still got Mark Andrews. They still got Hollywood Brown. So there's like a lot to like about Lamar Jackson here on a team that's probably going to win 10 plus games at least. Um, and we see him just, you know, come out and have these huge performances where he literally puts the team on his back in terms of the offense with his ability to find the end zone, both through the air and on the ground. So at Lamar Jackson here, plus 1600 like that, it's, he's clearly one of the favorites. You know, he's, he's a top heavy, um, odds guy, but we talked about it. Like it, it doesn't really get off the board a lot with these winners. So I like the, the price there on Lamar Jackson plus 1600. Yeah. He obviously checks both boxes, like can have an outlier TD season like he did two years ago. Ravens could easily end up with the best record in the AFC. I think that's totally possible. And when we're talking about MVP awards on terms of DraftKings Sportsbook and really any sportsbook, you're getting players at these crazy odds. So because there can only be one winner and, you know, it's kind of there's a lot of long shots. In fact, six out of the last 11 MVP winners were long shots, which we'll talk about our favorites in a second. But you're getting plus money all these. So Patrick Mahomes is the favorite right now at four and a half to one or plus four, four, uh, 450. And I like that. I mean, he's the favorite, but I don't mind that right now. I bet it'll actually shrink as we get closer to the season. So if you wanted to throw a couple bucks on Patrick Mahomes, I think that's fine. I'm going to go back to Dak. Dak right now is at 1700. So 1700 or 17 to one. I have a little money that I placed on Dak to win this at plus 1800. So it's actually changed a little bit. Uh, moving the lines, of course. I mean, that's, that's everything that we do. That's what Vegas does. They listen to this podcast. We know that 
for sure. We have the statistics, but I like Dak. <laughs> there's, there's literally zero doubt in my mind that that's what happens. <laughs> Dak, right now, the Cowboys are at nine and a half wins. They're projected to win their division. And then you look in the NFC, and apart from the Packers, what other team would you say, like, I know for sure this team is going to be, be the best team in the NFC? Is it just the Buccaneers? Probably. Yeah, probably. Because I, I think maybe some people would say the Saints, but there's got, they've got question marks, you know. Um, that whole division is a question mark, in my opinion. So, yeah, I think that's probably the only other logical choice is the Bucs. And that's, this is how you have to think about it, is you have to think in terms of conferences and which team can end up with that number one seed. So in the NFC, let's say you say the NFC West is just going to beat each other up. You know, four teams that we would say are pretty good, they're just going to beat each other up. And then, you know, in the NFC South, like Buccaneers can stay there. Maybe the Packers take a step back. Let's say the Cowboys go over their win total and they end up with 11 or 12 wins. I think it's totally possible that they can end up near that number one seed in the NFC. Uh, they are the Cowboys, so they could totally let us down. But I like Dak in terms of just odds at plus 1,700. And I'm also saying that because I have a little cash behind it. But <laughs> Zero bias. Give me one more for the favorites and then we'll move move on. Yeah, you just talked about it. You know, Tom Brady, like the guys were talking about this on the main show this week about how like, you know, people that play quarterback in Bruce Arian system always struggle in their first season. Tom Brady, the goat, unquestioned goat, comes out. Not only does he exceed expectations, changing teams for the first time in his career over the age of 40, he wins a freaking Super Bowl. Like, what is there to say about this guy? We talked about it. You know, they're obviously going to be a good team. They're returning all 22 starters on both sides of the football, which is insane. First time since like the 70s for that. They're probably going to make the playoffs. They're probably going to win the division. They're probably going to push for the one or two seed. And these football writers, these old dudes, love the traditional guys. Tom Brady, uh, I mean, what is there to say? He's getting all his weapons back. Obviously, there's lots like about TB12, who clearly has not shown any signs of slowing down here. He is also a decent price. I'm seeing him on DK uh, right now at plus 1,500. So a little bit of shorter odds compared to Lamar, but still a, a decent enough price that I'm interested for sure. So this next tier is kind of the danger zone, and we won't go through every single candidate, but it's dangerous because in the middle tier, like you're getting suckered in to see these bigger odds, and you really have to ask yourself, can this person hit an outlier TD season, and can they end up as the number one seed in their conference? So there's a lot of guys on here where it's like, Burrow's kind of picked up steam recently, and I know we've had the news about his injury, but even at plus you know, 5,000, 50 to one, there is no chance I would be putting my money on Joe Burrow because I cannot see the Bengals end up with even a winning record. Like maybe they do get to like nine and eight, but I cannot see them as the number one seed. I mean, I can't see them winning their own division. So I, that's just throwing money, money away in my opinion. I feel the same way about Jalen Hurts because I just cannot see the Eagles uh, being a top seed, but maybe I'm crazy. What are you trying to say, dude? I just think this isn't your year. You seem like someone who bet the under six and a half wins. Yeah, I, I, I'm feeling good about that <laughs> right now. So uh, give me who you like in the mid-tier. Yeah, in this range, how about Baker Mayfield? You know, we're, we're talking about, again, not what we'd expect to happen, but like we're in on the Browns. Like we, we've all talked about it. A lot of sharp people in the industry are in on the Browns. They showed it last year. They were one or two plays away from beating the Chiefs in the playoffs. Like that's how good this team was. Um, and Baker Mayfield, who everyone wrote off after a couple of rough seasons there, you know, in in Kevin Stefanski's play action system, he exceeded expectations. He really came out and showed um, that he is a good quarterback if you put him in good positions to succeed. 
So you trust the offense, you trust your organization. Um, we're in on fading the Steelers, you and I. And, and so if that happens, clearly we're in on the Browns. I've got some money on them to win the division. I've got them uh, to win the AFC. I've got a little bit of money on. So what I'm doing with this bet is basically correlating that. Like if those two things happen, then clearly Baker Mayfield had a good year. And so um, if you're looking at the Browns to be a team to make some noise in the regular season and push for that one seed, win the division, uh, and Baker Mayfield has a good year at plus 3,300, I think it's a pretty good price for Baker. This one's a little bit hard because I can't see the Cardinals as a number one seed. I just, I cannot see a scenario where that breaks right, but I can see Kyler Murray have a outlier season. So I have a little bit of money placed on Kyler uh, right now at 20 to one. And I can't really see anyone else in this tier. We've talked about Matt Ryan. I think that's totally fine at 33 to one. It used to be a lot bigger. Um, And Carson Wentz, I just, there's other rewards that I would be more willing to kind of throw his way. But let's talk about the long shots because I think those are more fun actually because we've had we've seen these long shots like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Like those guys were long shots. No one was putting their money down and saying that they're going to win. So who's your favorite long shot to win the MVP? Fins up, baby. Let's go Tua. I'm going to go with Tua Tagovailoa here. Um, yeah, listen, man. Tua is a guy that people are starting to come around on a little bit. Clearly, he struggled last year, but there's reasons for it, right? Like, you can tell yourself a story. Massive, massive, massive hip injury that almost ended his career. No offseason program. Devontae Parker as his wide receiver one who can't really separate. Like, that's not to a strength. What does the team do? They go out and get speed. They get Will Fuller and Jalen Waddell to fill that need. They still have Mike Kosicki who can make some plays. This is an organization trending in the right direction. I talked about them on the last show or two shows ago about how I think they have a good chance to win the division. I'm in on their over on their their win total. So again, it's a correlation bet here with Tua, who I think is still a good quarterback. You know, it's it's a, a, wrong, a young uh, season or, or an early start to his career, I should say. He only played a few games last year and the organization was like stuck. They're like, we took this guy early. Should we play him or not? The team has said, you know what? No, this is his team. We're going to build around Tua, give him the tools to succeed. I think he can at a plus 6,060 to one odds um, to push for an MVP. Again, it's not likely, but I think the price is good. And I like the Dolphins of what they're doing. So give me Tua. Yeah, you might be listening. Think that's crazy. But Tua is actually my favorite quarterback in terms of the long shots at 61 or further. Because you start getting a little bit further. It's like Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, Derek Carr, Jimmy G. Like of that tier, I like Tua. I'm going to go a little off the board and talk about a non-quarterback. And I'm going to say, I think Dalvin Cook is my favorite running back on the board. So Derrick Henry and CMC are at 50 to one. Cook right now is at 66 to one. And I think he's totally capable of an outlier touchdown season. Like I looked at the running backs that did win it. In 2005, Sean Alexander was on a team that went 13 and three and he had 28 combined touchdowns. So that's why. Uh, LaDainian Tomlinson, 2006 had 31 combined touchdowns. And then Adrian Peterson had 2,000 rushing yards. He was second most of all time. He only had 13 TDs. And so that, that's kind of a weird uh, weird season if you think about it. They were only 10 and 6. But I think with Dalvin Cook, let's say he gets around 20 to 25 touchdowns and the Vikings end up as a, as a top seed, like a one or a two seed. I think it's possible. You just need all the other players to kind of have a little bit more down seasons for a running back. So I don't love it, but I'm just going to say if I like a running back, I like Dalvin a little bit more than Derrick Henry and CMC. So MVP is crazy because 
you can tell yourself a story for so many different guys. And uh, I really, for me, Dak and Dak's kind of the one that I like at his odds. And then obviously Mahomes, who's yeah. Uh, I think that, that's a good call too. Like you know, these long shots, we're not we're not telling you about the, about the house. I mean, if you want to, do it. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's they're long shots for a reason. There, there's outs in here that you know it's not likely. So if you're going to place multiple bets, which I, I think is a decent idea, like you want to have a little portfolio that you still end up winning money. Um, you know, obviously put a little bit more on the guys that are, that are the favorites sprinkle a little bit on the, these long shots. That's how you play it. But yeah, man, hit, can you imagine hitting like a plus 6,000? Oh, that'd be sweet. We're going to probably do a video in the future where you go over what it looks like to sprinkle on a few players, <laughs> just like sprinkle a few dollars here. And, uh, cause I think that people need like a tutorial on I'll, what that looks I'll like. I'll show up outside. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the next how to one. Drain your, how to drain your account 101. <laughs> Here's bets, and uh, you can Venmo him if you need to. <laughs> Please do. Uh, let's go to Defensive Player of the Year, and we can rename this award as if you're really good at sacking the quarterback and your name's J.J. Watt or Aaron Donald. Uh, that's basically what it's been for the last 10 years. And I went back all the way to 2005. There are some weird years, by the way, for Defensive Player of the Year. There, there are players on here, I have no idea what was going on that year. But I do know that you need to be someone that probably rushes the passer and you need to be on someone that made the playoffs. So since 2005, every single uh, defensive player of the year, except for two of them, made it to the playoffs. So you need a team that's probably going to go 11 or 12 wins. So you need to be on a team that could get that one or two seed and you're having an outlier type of sack season, forced fumbles. I also noticed in the statistics that with touchdowns, it's usually what stands out in the minds of the of a lot of people. Like for a cornerback, if they have a pick six, especially towards the end of the year, that for some reason like sticks out to a lot of people. Or if a linebacker or a edge rusher, if they had like a sack force fumble in a big spot, like that stood out a lot too. So you can't predict those things, but that is what uh, sticks in the minds of some people. And then you have these monster sack totals. J.J. Watt put up 20 and a half. Aaron Donald put up 20 and a half. So... Defensive player of the year, you need someone who's on a good team that can sack the quarterback. So who's your favorite? Yeah, so this is one of the favorites. You know, that It's not a long shot by any means, plus 600. Um, I'm going to go with Miles Garrett. Uh, first off, holy crap, that dude is so freaking strong. Um, if you watch his workout videos, they're insane. But Miles Garrett is a guy who we've talked about. Um, the Browns just being a good organization that we want to back. I talked about it with Baker. The same reasons that you go to Miles Garrett here. You know, he's going to get to feast on the Pittsburgh offensive line twice per year. So I'm excited about that. But you just look at kind of his talent and how we haven't even really seen him reach that full talent yet. And, you know, the odds here are saying that he's got a good chance to do it. Obviously, Aaron Donald makes a ton of sense. He's plus 400. But I'll just take a little bit of a discount or, or a better price, basically, on Miles Garrett, who I think the Browns are going to have a good year. And if they're a good defense, as we project, uh, the secondary should be improved. They address that in the draft as well as via free agency, it's going to allow Miles Garrett to get to the quarterback. And that dude is just an absolute monster. So give me, give me Garrett here, plus 600. I'm actually in agreement with you. I think he's my favorite pick on the board, 60 to 1. So Miles Garrett would be my first pick. But then if you go a little bit further down in the favorites, the Bosa bros, your buds, Nick and Joey. Uh, Nick Bosa is at plus uh, 1,100, and Joey Bosa is at t- plus 1,200. I think both of them are actually in a position where they could have an outlier season. You see that the 49ers are at 10 and a half wins. The Chargers are at nine. So if I had to pick one of them, it would be Nick Bosa. 
And he also has a little bit of the narrative uh, returning from an injury. So he's kind of in that position where I could see the 49ers get a one or a two seed and I could see him end up with, you know, 15 to 20 sacks. And that's just what the voters like. But the mid tier and when you start going to long shots, I'll be honest, this is where it gets tough. Like defensive player of the years is is usually like the favorites are the ones that actually do win. Like we've said, Aaron Donald and J.J. Watt have basically won this award for a while. So anybody in the mid-tier that stands out? Yeah, this it's so tough. You know, like we're not we're not trying to sit here and talk about how like we know like the defensive side of football like more than anyone else. This, these are just guys that can make plays and, and really like make a difference in the game. So looking at like Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, he's the type of guy that, you know, these, some of these corners on the list, like you talk about, let's just go down the list real quick. Like Stephon Gilmore. Um, you're talking about Jalen Ramsey, Travis White, etc. Like offenses can kind of just not throw to them, so like it doesn't give them a position to like put up stats and like make a difference in the game on paper. Clearly, they're affecting the game by like shutting down the team's wide receiver one, but that doesn't show up, and the voters don't vote for that. But Minka Fitzpatrick as a safety for the Steelers, I mean that dude just roams the field, plays center field better than anyone in the game, in my opinion out there, able to obviously create turnovers, um, tons of tackles. So he's just involved in every play. So I'll take a versatile player like that at a pretty good place there at price at plus 3,300 uh, to win the award. So give me Minka. Yeah, you need a narrative to kind of roll with that with the Steelers. It's like with the Patriots two years ago, like that defense was so fierce and we were talking about it. And Gilmore won. He had six INTs, but he also had two touchdowns. And that's kind of what, you know, stands out. He had 20 pass defenses led the league like you need a narrative if you're going to get a cornerback to also go with it and you need these big moments where they're returning touchdowns and and whatnot so I don't mind that I'll say Danelle Hunter uh just because he can get after the quarterback he's in a contract year so maybe there's some narrative there I think I like the Vikings that's what I'm noticing I'm wearing my Justin Jefferson shirt tonight uh talked about Dalvin Cook probably will talk about Kirk Cousins I mean maybe maybe the Vikings dude maybe that's the ticket Dude, I mean, I already talked about it last week. You gave me, you said, Betts, tell me a long shot team to win the Super Bowl. I, that's what I said. I said Vikings. All right, real quick, give me a long shot for defensive player of the year, and then we'll move on. Yeah, Xavier Howard sticks out on the, on the list here of names. You know, these guys are all like plus 4,000 or worse. Um, you know, stud cornerback for the Dolphins. The the theme that you're going to hear me talk about, I'm in on the Dolphins. Like, so I'm just correlating these bets basically with teams that I think are going to be really, really good this year. So I'll take Xavier Howard, who has just shut down opposing uh, wide receiver ones uh, week after week after week last year. The point of this segment, honestly, is if we do get it right, you, we can come back to it and say, remember when we talked about Xavier Howard or when I mentioned Bradley Chubb or Zadarius Smith uh, at 50 to one, like, those are the kind of, you know, moments that we want to talk about, or you'll never remember this again. But I think Chubb with the Broncos and uh, Smith with the Packers, like they could have an outlier season in terms of sack totals. So that's what I'll throw out there. Let's do offensive rookie of the year, because this is the one that people know about. These are the rookies that we're all excited about. But offensive rookie of the year, when you think about this, you have to go a little differently because a lot of these guys are going to be on bad teams. Like there's a reason that these guys were drafted so high because their teams were so bad. And if you look at the last 16 years, so went back to 2005, all the way back to your boy Cadillac Williams. And, oh, Cadillac. Uh, yeah, he went to Auburn. I remember that. That's when I, that's when I graduated high school bets, 2005. Good times. Oh, what a year. What a year. Uh, uh, all the way back then, 
that of the last 16 rookie of the years, offensive rookie of the years, 13 of them have been first rounders. So to me, I'm just going to say I need a first rounder. The only ones that weren't were Dak Prescott, you know, had a crazy outlier season with Tony Romo going down. Alvin Kamara, who is just an outlier. And then your boy, Eddie Lacy. Eddie, love that guy. God, that what a fun time that was for Eddie. He, has there been anyone that has had a quicker fall off in relevance of fantasy football than Eddie Lacy? Like he was, I remember I, I'm in a dynasty league with my college buddies. We did an auction. He went for like half of someone's budget the first year. And then he didn't play in the NFL like two years later. He's a big boy. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a long season, but Eddie Lacy won in 2013. And so I just went through some of those totals. We'll have some of these on the website in the next week or so. We'll talk about some of these futures. But the main thing you need to ask yourself with these rookies is, are they a first rounder? And then is there there stats mixed with a story? So last year with Justin Herbert, it was the fact that there was a storyline with Tyrod Taylor, but also he set the rookie passing mark, you know? So you need a little bit more than just, are they having a good season? But realize these rookie seasons are kind of, depressed compared to the rest of the league because they're rookies. And so we have to think about in a different context. It's like, we're looking at like kids T-ball league. It's like, wow, that was a great hit, but you're still hitting off the tee. Give me your favorite. <laughs> great analogy there, uh, by the way, Kyle. Um, yeah, man, listen, Najee Harris is going to touch the football up to 300 times, maybe more for the Steelers offense. I talked about it already. You know, we're fading the Steelers, but when you look at a, a running back, you know, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive. You would think the, the quarterbacks are always going to win, but if running back who's going to touch the ball as much as he is, it's really easy to talk yourself into a scenario where he puts up 1,500 scrimmage yards and, you know, 15 total touchdowns. Like, it's not hard to tell yourself that story. The depth chart behind him is kind of laughable, honestly. So he's going to be on the field a ton. We've seen them, you know, with Mike Tomlin commit to a workhorse running back and just stay with that guy. We saw it for years with Le'Veon Bell and Najee Harris, a first round running back taken. Um, he's a decent price on DraftKings. He's plus 800 over there, but he's plus 1300 on FanDuel. So if you're going to make the bet, that's where you do it. Um, and if you're making a bet just based off of like the market being inefficient, just knowing that the price is 800 on DK and plus 1300 on, on FanDuel, it's almost like you should just sprinkle on it anyway because of how good the odds are over there. So I'll take Najee here um, at plus 1300 over on FanDuel. Yeah, I think that's the the sharp bet. And then the favorite is Trevor Lawrence, of course. We know he's going to pl- be playing from day one. He's probably going to compile some stats. We don't really care about the record. You know, maybe the Jaguars go six and, you know, what are we, what is it now? Six and 11. I was trying to six rack my 11. brain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's going to be so it doesn't, weird. Yeah, I know. It doesn't really matter what the record is. He can compile. So of the favorites, I think Najee is my favorite in the middle tier. I think Kyle Pitts is interesting at 11 to one right now because we don't really know with Julio Jones have kind of moved into a place of just like maybe I'm bargaining in terms of the stages of grief. Maybe that's where I'm at bets. And I don't know what to do with my jerseys. My kids, my kids bets have their Julio jerseys. What do I tell my kids when Julio Jones is traded? How do I explain this to them? You say, listen, boys. Dad has his hard-earned money on this over seven wins. And if Julio's gone, <laughs> Betts and Borg are going to cry. Um, that's what you tell them to, to console them. No, listen, man. It's going to be all good. You say, listen, Calvin Ridley's a stud. His jersey's awesome, too. You go get Calvin Ridley or you get him a Kyle Pitts jersey and life's good. But, yeah, man, it's going to be a tough time for 
your household, I'm sure, if, if Julio is dealt. I mean, forever Julio, in my opinion. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, if he's gone, I mean, you can't back, you can't back, you know, um, Matt Ryan. The futures for the Falcons look bad. Like, oh, so it, it's, it's sort of tricky. You know, it, I'm scared, man. I'm really scared. <laughs> I don't mind Kyle Pitts for rookie of the year. Obviously, with the tight end, it's not happening usually. So he's at least interesting. But the running backs in this tier are really what's more interesting to me. Um, you have Trey Sermon and Javante Williams. So which of those two do you like better? I like Trey Sermon um, just for the price. You know, Williams is plus 2,000. Trey Sermon 20, plus 25,000 or 2,500, excuse me. Uh, man, can you imagine that, that price? Uh, 25 to 1. It, you know, it's, it's a situation that you look at the team as a whole. The Niners, they're projected to do well. They've got an 11.5 win total. Um, the Broncos sitting at, they were 7.5, they're 8.5 right now, kind of just a hedge, not knowing what's happening with Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, Trey Sermon was a guy that was drafted to basically, I think, be this team's uh, running back one. Raheem Mostert's injury history is really concerning. I put this in the ultimate draft kit for the injury report. This is a guy who's 29 years old who has had a significant ankle sprain history. We know the risk goes up every single year. So it's sort of a forward-thinking type of wager that you're like, okay, what happens if Raheem can't stay healthy? Jeff Wilson, they like him, but he's kind of just a dude. If Trey Sermons just sets this, you know, offense, um, you know, a blaze in here, just takes over with how Kyle Shanahan uses the running back, you can tell yourself a story. So it's just a long shot bet that I think you could put a little bit on uh, that I think is a little bit sharp just based off the, the fact that this price doesn't factor in the upside with Sermon. I'll say with Javante, right now he's at uh, plus 2,000. There is a chance Melvin Gordon could get cut. Uh, we don't really know that right now. So if you want to get ahead of this line, that would be the way just to sprinkle a little money on Javante Williams. I don't mind it at all. And then I, none of these long shots. I love Terrace Marshall. I love you know Rashad Bateman. I think they could be fun. Elijah Moore, do not bet them. It's not happening. Sorry. Nope. Uh, even had the best wide receiver season ever for a rookie last year and he didn't win it Justin Jefferson so last one this is the soap opera award it's the comeback player of the year because this is all narrative bets this is all about us thinking about a player and what happened to them last year and then hopefully they get to outperform their expectations this year so last year Alex Smith was pure narrative because obviously he didn't have the stats year before Ryan Tannehill Andrew Luck our boy Keenan Allen. Gosh, I love Keenan Allen. Jordy Nelson. Like these are all players that came back from injury. And that's really the first thing is, is there a significant injury? And then 10 of the last 11 winners of this award bets were on a playoff team. So we need to think about that. What was your injury? And are they going to be in the playoffs this year? So of the favorites, well, let's just put it this way. Who should be at minus money, but right now you can still get a plus money. Yeah, this is Dak, Dak Prescott's award to lose, in my opinion. You know, you, you look at like the the whole narrative around it, right? Starts the season, is having an incredible start statistically to the year. Um, horrific ankle injury. We've we've seen that he's doing well, progressing. I fully expect him to be a hundred percent at week one. And like you said, this is a narrative based thing. Like he had a horrific injury. He's coming back. We project him to play well. The offense is going to be good. It just makes sense. So I already got Dak at plus two hundred. It since dropped to plus one seventy five. Moving the lines, no big deal. Um, so I, he's the bet. I'm not betting anyone else in this award. To me, it's Dak and, and Bust. We'll talk about some long shots, but it's his award to lose. Yeah, I think with Comeback Player of the Year, it's not something that you want to 
throw a ton of money on a lot of different people because it's pretty narrowed field. Uh, I will mention like, I, like Dax, definitely the one that I would like to, since I have some MVP might as well have some, uh, comeback. That would be Double cool dip. if you want, if you won both, you know, that would be cool. Actually. Uh, I, am I crazy for thinking, just go down narrative street with me for a second. All right. It's a, it's actually a pretty fun road. If you walk down it, it's not scary. It's actually windy and kind of interesting, but Carson right, wins. Go. Carson oh, wins. Gosh. <laughs> oh god oh why tell me why so there's a narrative all right and obviously injury is not the thing but there has been quote poor play in the past for quarterbacks philip rivers won this award one year because he was bad the year before <laughs> so i don't know if that's like is that like the hustle award or like the coaches award when you're a kid i think so like yeah like you tried really hard out there Last year wasn't great, but you gave it your all this year, so good job, buddy. Dude, I don't know, man. Carson Wentz was like literally the worst quarterback in the NFL. Uh, PFF grade, he was 33. There's 32 NFL teams. Like, I don't know. I think the move is going to be good for him. But like we talked about, too, I'm, I'm fading the Colts. The, the team is incentivized to sit him if things go south. It's a, like you said, it's a high-variance play. You go down narrative street, but... Listen, just a couple of years ago, 2017, right? He he probably would have won the, the MVP award when they won the Super Bowl. But obviously, towards ACL, we know the fallout. So it's not the the most crazy thing I've ever heard. But I'm not gonna lie to you, Kyle. I'm not gonna bet this bet this with you. I'm not gonna do it. How dare you? No, I can't I, do it, at, man. At plus 900, I like the value. But listen to this schedule that the Colts open up with. They could get rough real quick. You ready? They open up with Seattle, the Rams at the Titans, at the Dolphins, and then at the Ravens. Like, it's totally Yikes. possible that they open up 0-5. Uh, if they split those, you know, if they, let's say they go 3-2, and 2-3, and three, like, I think they're still in the hunt. But, yeah, you kind of need them set up in a way. Let's go back to what we talked about two weeks ago. Who wins that division? The AFC South. Right now. I mean, I don't know. The Colts are the favorite, but I'm not going to lie. I put a little bit on the Jaguars at plus 800. So I don't know. It's a, it's a crapshoot. It's not, it's not, it is not the Texans. I'll tell you that. Gosh, man, I hope it's the Colts. I mean, you and I are both kind of on fading the Titans because they're kind of razor thin, but that, yeah, maybe that Jaguars one is looking a little bit better. Cause when I look at that opening schedule, the Colts, that's not looking too good. I think they're a solid team. I don't think they're, they're bad by any means, but more solid than like I have confidence in them. And then the long shots. Are you putting your money on Tim Tebow? Whatever you put, Kyle, I'll match it. How about that? <laughs> I mean, betting against Tim Tebow, that wouldn't that could be me. I would Why would do you that. ever? <laughs> Why would you ever do that? That is crazy that that is a long shot bet. Please do not put any of your thought or your money on putting your on thinking that Tim Tebow is going to win comeback player of the year as a tight end. It's not going to happen, but there is one long shot that I'm with you on, and it's it's Odell Beckham, dude, at twenty five to one. So, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's you know it's interesting. The, the thing with Odell is like he's had a horrible injury history. You know, so there's there's no dancing around it. Like it's been bad. Like torn ACL, sports hernia repair surgery, quad strain, hamstring strain, um, fractured fibula. Like it is piling up for the dude. But his talent, we know, is just immense. You think about motivation levels, right? 
this guy, they can cut him next year for zero dead cap if things don't go well for Odell. So he has to perform this year. So you're telling yourself a story, and this is going to sound like a broken record. I'm in on the Browns this year. So if they are going to have a good year and Odell comes out and balls out, maybe we get a comeback player of the year for Odell. Maybe we get MVP for Baker. Maybe Betts is buying a yacht. I don't know. Um, I, maybe the Browns win the AFC. So like things could go well for Betts. I'm just saying. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a good value bet based off the fact that he's motivated to perform. It's going to be a good team, etc. He's so hot right now. I, I needed Let's to go. throw that out for, for bets because he was <laughs> Double down. He's so hot right now. Dang. Apparently, bets is really <laughs> hot right now. So hot that the button just keeps going off. <laughs> Betts is heating up with the Browns. Um, hopefully, you got to enjoy our segment <laughs> where we got to talk about our awards, futures, and different thoughts and stuff like that. Uh, it is different. It's a way to look differently at the NFL. But this is something you can get ahead of because these markets will change. So any last thoughts on just how this is going to change as we get closer to September? Yeah, for sure. Like There's going to be injuries that happen in training camp. There's going to be things that change in terms of um, trades, the Aaron Rodgers news, etc. So, like I said, I, the way I approach this is I, like I build a portfolio and I just take the value where I see it. You're hoping to basically hit like one or two of these to make money on it long term. Um, so you don't have to win all these bets. Obviously, they're long shots for a reason, and that's what's so fun about these award markets is that there's a way to have some action on a lot of things and still make money if some of them lose. Yeah. So. We will get to talk more about our projections and player uh, analysis. Next week, we're going to start talking about underdog and how we're doing in best ball, kind of our projections. And you'll have two more weeks to get in on our deal for the Ultimate Draft Kit Plus. Right before June 1st, save $40, and then you'll make it back through best ball and DFS. So we're really excited to spend the summer with you guys, to hang out, to have the suns out, the guns out. Bets is hot right now. So, Bets, any last thoughts? <laughs> I, can't, I can't add any more to that, man. That was perfect. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good weekend. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.